630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. It's a contract extension for Oilers defenseman Darnell Nurse, and it is a big one. Eight years, $74 million, cap hit of $9.25 million bucks. Now, it'll kick in for next season as Nurse is going into the last year of his current contract. So, nine years ahead with the Edmonton Oilers for Darnell Nurse, who is coming off an excellent season, especially offensively. He played 56 games. He scored 16 times, a career high, and he had 36 points. He was also plus 27. Darnell Nurse will join me in a couple of minutes. Also, the day started, for many of you, maybe the first thing you watched on TV this morning with Canada winning gold in women's soccer at the Olympics. An absolute thriller over Sweden, Canada was down at the half. They tie it up on a penalty kick by Jesse Fleming, who scores again in the penalty kicks. And it looked good after she scored. And then Canada got behind, and Sweden had a kick to win the gold, and it sailed over the net. And Deanne Rose came up with a sharp shot to the top corner. It went into the sudden death kicks. Stephanie Labbe from Edmonton made the save. And then Julia Grasso from Vancouver wins gold for Canada. We have plenty of reaction coming up later on tonight with two women who used to play for the Canadian national soccer team, Rianne Wilkinson and Edmonton's own Janine Holland. Going to be great to get their perspective on what this victory means and how do we keep this momentum going for Canadian soccer. The Elks play tomorrow, 8 o'clock. It's against the Ottawa Red Blacks. We have coverage starting with the countdown to kickoff at 6 Now, the news came out earlier today. The Elks canceling their walkthrough. COVID protocol. What's going on? Well, it turns out Brian Walker, defensive back, not going to play tomorrow as he is the COVID protocol player. Dave Campbell will check in a little bit later on to take you through what happened today and uh, preview the game tomorrow. The Elks all-time in home openers, 50 wins, 19 losses, and two ties. Uh, more of an Olympic theme between 6.30 and 7. It's always a pleasure to have this gentleman on the show, Donovan Bailey. Donovan Bailey is going to be on to talk about DeGrasse, about Warner, about uh i'm sure he'll have something to say about canadian swagger bailey had a lot of it he had a lot of it when he burst on the scene in the midnight i mean look he won the race in atlanta he anchored the relay win in atlanta he won a couple of world championships and of course we remember the match race against michael johnson he's not hurt he's chicken that was kind of an un-Canadian thing to say at the time, but Bailey had swagger. It helped them a lot, so we're going to visit with Donovan. We got a lot going on. You can always get in touch. 780-496-0063 is the number to call or text. You can follow me on Twitter, at Reed Wilkins, R-E-I-D-W-I-L-K-I-N-S, and you can email inside sports at 630ched.com. Let's welcome to the show defenseman for your Edmonton Oilers, number 25, Darnell Nurse. Darnell, welcome back to the show. How are you doing? I'm great. <laughs> How are you? Great. Well, it's good to hear you're great. I'm doing well. Thanks for checking in tonight. Congratulations on the uh, on the new contract. I, I want to ask you this, Darnell. I mean, you, you could have been an unrestricted free agent after next season and, and explored some options and, and see how it went. Why get this done now, kind of a year ahead of time? Yeah, no, obviously that was a, definitely a thought, but <clears throat> obviously I just 
you know, have, have a belief in the team and, and um, you know, clearly they, they, they have a belief in, in myself as well. So it, it kind of made a no-brainer to, to come back to Edmonton, especially, you know, it's a, it's a city that I've, I've grown up in and, and I feel has, has helped me grow as a, as a player, as a person, and, you know, just uh, to, to be able to call it home for another nine years. Um, I, I'm just really looking forward to, to the opportunity because I think we really have something special here with this team, with, uh, with this group that we have, and, you know, to, to make the most out of the opportunities that we have left. Well, and you mentioned those nine years, obviously the year remaining on your current deal and then the, the eight years for the contract uh, that you signed. Can you can you tell us a little bit about arriving at the, that, deciding to go with the max term? I mean, obviously, I'm sure there were some discussions about maybe something a little bit uh, shorter. How did you ultimately wind up deciding, saying, hey, let's just go with the max eight here? Yeah, I, I think just saw kind of how the market was was shaping up and you know guys that were you know, number one demon on their team and um you know or you know around the around the same age kicking off you know ufa years or signing in a in, in a in a certain ballpark so that's kind of how that's you know that's how the market always seems to shake up like as as uh, you know you go through free agency and obviously i didn't get get really into the the ufa part of it but you know that's, that's how free agency works is you know people set uh, set a market and you know as, as a player you you kind of get in where you fit in and you know i, I believe in uh, myself and the, and the team, team believes in me as a player and, and as a as a person so it's uh it's exciting to to you know have have this and then have it done and kind of just move on and play and really all that all that to worry about now is winning yeah well, and I know you guys want to do that, and uh, and you had a really good year this past season. Great offensive numbers. You scored 16 goals. I, I want to ask you this: like I, I've seen you throughout your whole career, and I thought this year you really improved when you had the puck inside the offensive blue line. Like obviously you scored more, but I but I even thought just you you know more passes, keeping more plays alive all that kind of stuff. But that's me sitting there watching you. I, I'm hoping you can take me inside your brain and what you thought uh, allowed for the, the numbers to kind of go up offensively this year. Yeah, I think that was definitely, that was definitely part of it to, to be more comfortable with the puck and, and see plays, not so much try to force them or, you know, escape myself into a bad situation where, you know, where there was only one option and probably not, not a great option. Um, so that uh, that's a part of it. And obviously I, I think for a long time I've been getting myself to get, you know, spots on the ice to, to get shots off and, and, you know, whether it's joining the rush or, you know, finding that late man's ice and you know, maybe not trying to, maybe not try to pick the top corner and go high all the time and, and try to, you know, hit different areas of different areas of the net. I think that that may have came in and, and helped a little bit. And, you know, so I, I think it's just a combination of things that as, as the years go on and, and as a player, you get more and more comfortable in the lead that the game, everyone says it, but it's so true. The game starts to slow down a little bit and you, you start, just start to, you know, become meet more and more comfortable shift by shift and, and, and game by game. So it's uh, going into my seventh year now and, and been around the league for a bit and just feel like, you know, you get more comfortable and, you know, there's, there's no satisfaction with, uh, with how the year went or there's no satisfaction with uh, where my game's at right now. I just want to continue to get better. I feel like there's even more steps to take. Darnell Nurse joining us on Inside Sports. Oilers defenseman signs an eight-year contract extension today. Darnell, I, I want to ask you about a couple specific players. Uh, one decided to return to your team, 
and one did not. And I'll start there. You know, Adam Larson was a teammate of yours for several years, you know, played really well, was on that 2017 team that uh, broke the playoff drought. You know, when a, when a guy like that, that you, you know well, you play with for a long time, when he leaves, what's that like to see a teammate go? Yeah, I mean, there's you know, obviously it's sad. Like, you, you grow relationships with guys, and I was, I was really close with players. So, um, obviously, I wanted them, I wanted them back uh, and wanted to see him wearing, wearing a jersey again just because I had, you know, the, the good personal relationship with him. And obviously, he's a, he's a real solid player, a really good player in this league. So, um, yeah, I, I definitely wanted to, to see him come back. But at the same time, um, you know, you're only given the opportunity to be an unrestricted free agent so many times in, in your career. And, uh, you know, you have to make the best decision for, you know, you have to be selfish at that point uh, and, and make the best decision for, for yourself. And, uh, you know, for him, he didn't see Edmonton as, a, as the best decision for himself. And he, he thought going somewhere else was a better idea. And, you know, obviously as someone who plays in Edmonton, it, it hurts because you want to, you want to play with that guy and then and uh like i said you have a, a real good relationship but at the same time you have to understand that uh that's 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 how this league is and there's only so many opportunities that guys can make their own decisions like that and i'm uh i'm happy you got to do that for himself and tyson berry decides to come back you, you played with him a lot i mean he got a ton of points you guys were both on the on the power play which was uh historically good once again, uh, I mean, it's going to be pretty exciting to see a guy that you're going to be on the ice with a lot back on the team. Yeah, my partner. I'm uh, <laughs> super excited. Uh, super excited to have him back. Obviously, uh, Tyson's one of those guys that comes to the rink every day and has just a, a great attitude, smile on his face, uh, never a bad day. And um, you, you can always you can always use that uh, over the course of the season. Uh, you know, there's highs, there's lows, but uh, you need someone who's even keel and then brings that positive energy and that positive, uh, you know, vibe to, to the room each and every day. And, and Tice is that guy. Uh, and, and obviously what he brings on the ice to to be able to step in with all that pressure that he had to, to run the power play, a, a power play that was really good the year before and, and step in and, you know, it, it was, you know, seamless. He, he you know, ran it from the top and, and the, the power play ended up in, in the number one spot again. So for, uh, for him to come in and, and, and come back to the team and someone I really enjoyed playing with, uh, you know, he's, he's a very smart player has the, has the ability to move pucks up the ice and, and can be a, can be a game changer night in and night out. So for, to be able to, to for him to come back and, and choose to come back to Edmonton and be a part of the team uh, and try to make something special out of what we have here with our group. Uh, it's, it's great to see. Darnell, just a couple more for you. And uh, sometimes you and I veer off hockey a little bit. So let's do that here with the last two questions. Yeah. This, this one's really important though. Uh, you, you know, your story, part of your story for this past season was playing uh, 60 some minutes against Winnipeg and then becoming a father when, <laughs> when you got home. How is fatherhood? How is Aiden doing? Aiden's, Aiden is great. Um, fatherhood is everything and more. Uh, everyone always says, you know, it's the best thing that ever happened to them. And, you know, you, you listen to them, you're like, oh, yeah, sure. And it really is. It's uh, it's fun. Each and every day is a new adventure. And um, it seems like they, they, they grow by the day. But uh, it's been a, a really fun experience. And, uh, very fortunate to be doing some of the things right now and not in the middle of the season uh, as, as far as sleep-wise and whatnot. Uh, but, uh, no, it's been uh, it's been awesome just to be able to spend uh, some time at home and, and see him grow day by day. All right, and you're busy being a dad. 
but uh, I know you're uh, a pretty big sports fan. Any any time to watch the Olympics, and if so, uh, any any highlights for you as a fan over these last couple of weeks? Well, obviously, I think the the, the grass, um, the the two hundred where, where he won the gold, even the one hundred where he won the bronze uh, was pretty cool. But when you know you see him win gold with the in the two hundred, that was uh, obviously a, a special moment, and I think everyone at our gym was you know screaming and yelling and excited. And then today we we're getting ready to go on the ice. Uh, Today we're getting ready to go on the ice to to skate, and we have usually have a little scrimmage on Fridays, and uh, we're all sitting there watching the uh, penalty shootout for for the uh, women's soccer gold medal, and that uh, it's it's crazy, you know, the the impact of of sporting events and especially the Olympics and how much they just bring together everyone in the room, and like everything just stops, like just the focus on, you know, those uh, those precious moments, and it was uh, those are those are obviously two two events that uh, I'm not going to forget because they're pretty cool moments just to, to win the spot. Absolutely. Well, Darnell, congratulations on the contract extension. Thanks for taking time to join us on 630 Chet. Enjoy the rest of the summer, and we'll see you at camp. Thanks, Reed. Have a great summer. That is Darnell Nurse. He is sticking around long-term, eight-year contract extension, tacking that on to the year he has remaining with the Edmonton Oilers. So you're reacting on the text line. The phone lines are open as well. Let's hear uh, Let's hear what you think about the Nurse deal. 780-496-0063. Also before 7 o'clock, Canadian sprinting legend Donovan Bailey. It's Inside Sports on 630 Chet. More big Oilers news with the Darnell Nurse extension. The Olympics going into the final weekend. More great stories for Canada. We've got a a bronze in the men's 4x1 relay. we got the uh, silver in the men's 5,000 meters. Of course, the women's soccer gold. We'll dive deeper into that a little bit later on tonight. We'll preview the Elks game coming up tomorrow against the Ottawa Red Blacks. And Dave Campbell will uh, shed some light on the uh, COVID situation with the Elks. You know, the Elks have said, Okay, you know, we had to adjust some stuff today, but the game is still a go. So uh, Dave's going to fill us in a little bit later on. Speaking of uh, Darnell Nurse, uh, text coming in to 780-496-0063. Mark says, I don't know how Ken Holland thinks he can build the team with five guys taking up half the cap. Well, yeah, that's going to be the situation in uh, not next year, but the uh, year after for the season that starts in the fall of 2022. You will have Nurse, Dreisaitl, McDavid, Hyman, and Nugent Hopkins uh, being paid about $41 million on a cap that's probably going to be around uh, $83 million. So, yeah, the big guys being paid. We know what the uh, holes are on the Oilers roster. We'll see if they were able to fill some of those with the moves they made this summer. The Big L says, Reed Nurse is definitely an athlete who believes in himself and his team. People might complain he's not worthy of that salary, but based on his rate of improvement, give him another year or two, and a lot of these naysayers' opinions will change. Well, I I mean, touched on that with with interviews with Nurse. His offensive game improved this season. I do think his goal total benefited this season that he feasted on Ottawa goaltending. You know, I think there were probably... 
the three or four goals in there that m- might have been stopped by other by other goalies, but still, even if he would have got to twelve or thirteen over fifty six games, still pretty good. Um, how much better can he get? That's going to be part of the question. The Oilers are banking on him still improving as he moves into his late twenties. He just turned twenty six in February. Louis says hi, Reed. Hope all is well. I'm starting to feel like the Oilers are finally building a core group of players. I feel like we have a good core to build around. The Oilers will be flying this year. Just wait and see. And uh, Luke says, great to see CFL football again. Great to see the Oilers sign nurse long-term. And great to see our athletes excel at the Olympics right now. All is right in sports. Yes. Well, Luke's in a good mood. Well, why not? Why not? And uh, we're going to be talking about all those things as we uh, move along on the show tonight. Bruce says, as a hardcore Elks fan, should I be troubled to hear that they're one of the least vaccinated CFL teams? Well, I'm not going to tell you how to feel, Bruce. Um, I mean, we'll we'll see. I mean, we know what has happened in other sports. Uh, We saw what happened in, in the NFL. We saw what happened in the NHL this past season. I mean, the Oilers had a couple of COVID delays and we know that the, the virus still exists despite people being vaccinated. And we know what the CFL policy is. Um, you, look, I think if you're a fan of any CFL team, you're worried that your team might have to forfeit a game if COVID gets in the locker room and causes a cancellation. And it's, it's that team's quote-unquote fault. So I guess that's how I would answer that. Donovan Bailey in the next half hour, Inside Sports on Chet. Good to have you tuning in tonight. The CFL season continues in about an hour. BC Lions at the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. I I just found that out looking at the schedule earlier today that there's a CFL team in Saskatchewan. I did not know that. I wonder if they have any fans in Edmonton. I guess I'll find that out as well. The Blue Jays in action, trailing the Red Sox 1-0. That game's in the top of the fifth. Lots of news today. We'll dive deeper into the uh, Canadian soccer story with a couple of former national team members uh, members later on. I mean, what a, what a shootout. What, what a penalty kick. You got Sweden hitting the post. Fleming scores for Canada. Sweden scores. Ashley Lawrence is stopped. Sweden scores. Vanessa Gilles hits the crossbar, and now... After three of the five shots, Canada's behind. Stephanie Labe comes up with the save. Adriana Leone, though, is then stopped. So now it's a chance to win the gold. Now it's a chance to win the gold. And the ball's over the net. Carolyn Seeger. Deanne Rose for Canada. Perfect shot to the top corner. So now we're going to the sudden death round. Stephanie Labe. And did you see Labe during this penalty kick shootout? Cody Jansen back at the uh, 630 Shed Broadcasting Compound working the uh, dials and whistles tonight. Did you did you see her? I don't know if you had time to watch this today, Cody. I know you're a busy man. Did you see her during the penalty kicks? How she'd like come out and kind of like make herself big and she was like grinning at the players she had that like big smile grin going on that's so intimidating how are you supposed to look at that take it serious and be like this person might be nervous or not at all yeah and it was cheeky because the ref had to tell her to move back 
each and every time. But I, I guess Labe is thinking, all right, is the ref seriously going to give me a yellow or a red card during the penalty kick <laughs> shootout for the gold medal game? So she's going to be a little cheeky and see if she can get in their heads. And uh, it, it paid off. I, I mean, I guess what? She made two saves, two weren't shot on goals, and she got beat twice. And then she sets it up for Julia Grasso to, to step up and, and fire it in. So really exciting stuff, and we'll talk about that a little bit more later on. Dion types in. He says it's an overpay on Darnell Nurse. He should thank Larson for leaving and make Lee Holland's bum twitch. Well, there's there's quite an image, Dion. He says we're paying him top dollar for eight years on one good season. Holland has sold the farm and uh, we have a weaker D and done nothing to improve the net. That is from uh, Dion. Well, goaltending is going to be uh, a question mark going forward for the team. I, I mean, look, again, I think you got to give Mike Smith credit for what he was able to accomplish the last couple of years. I, I know he's he's older, but until there's a huge drop-off, I think we got to give him credit. I think a lot of the Oilers' goaltending plight is going to be determined by Miko Koskinen. Can he play well enough and often enough to give Smith a break. Um, pretty much for Koskinen last season, if you want to speak in general terms, if he, he had to have at least five days off between appearances. If he had five or more days between appearances, he usually had an average or better game. If he had to play more often than every fifth day, he usually had uh, an average game at best, but often a below average or downright bad game. That's kind of, So to me, a lot of the goaltending is going to hinge on how often Koskinen can play and uh, how he can play when he's in there. But uh, yeah, you know, fair comment. Uh, the Oilers could uh, use a uh, stud goalie that they're going to have on the roster for several teams. Dion also says the Oilers have a weaker D. I'm not sure. Like I've voiced my questions about the D on this show several times. Um, you know, what level is Keith going to be at? I still think he's going to be good. Uh, will it be at a level that the Oilers really need to play on the second pair? CC is a bit of a wild card to me. So I'm, I'm not convinced the Oilers have a weaker D, but but they do have a different D. I will say this, Dion, if if the Oilers have a weaker D, I, I don't think it's going to be on Darnell Nurse. And and I, I, I think, like, look, I think sometimes you got to give a player credit here. Um, he's had three pretty solid seasons. And as I mentioned with him in the interview, he started doing things offensively this past year that we often criticized for him uh, we often criticized him for not being able to do in his previous seasons. And that's do a better job when he carried the puck inside the offensive blue line, making better passes, getting better percentage shots away, finishing some of those chances. So I, I don't look at this as if Darnell Nurse has been, uh, you know, was a poor defenseman for his first five years in the league. And then he kind of stepped up. I think his last three have been, you know, overall pretty good in, uh, in my mind. So yeah, it's it's a lot of money. Was it more than I expected? Yeah, sure. Like, I, did I see Darnell Nurse getting more than McCarr? I, I didn't. I thought it would be eight, eight and a half. Turns out it's 9.25. Okay, let's see how he goes. I, I mean, he has improved, and he's he's 26. I would hope he hasn't peaked yet. I mean, I'm, I'm looking on the bright side of this deal. I'm not saying you can't criticize it. If you don't like it, that's fine. But I, to me, I think it's a little early to to, to, to write it off. And, and I, I don't know, maybe that's not what you're saying, Dion, but... I think if the Oilers have problems in their decor, 
I, I don't know if Nurse would necessarily be the center of those problems, given what we've seen from him over the last two or three years. Anyway, just some thoughts there. All right. Uh, a lot of success for Canada at the Olympics to touch on some of those stories. Yes, one of your all-time favorites, the champion from 1996, now an analyst. It is sprinting legend Donovan Bailey. Bailey, uh, Donovan, welcome back to the show. How are you doing? I'm doing amazing, man. Uh, you know, I'm so happy. Uh, just just wrap at CBC, so uh, our team has done great. Uh, the sun is shining. Uh, so, yes, I'm, I'm quite happy. Well, and Canada's won a ton of medals and i mean we'll focus on some some printing stories obviously but just the the, you know the swimming penny alexiak the canadian soccer like just so many incredible stories for the country well you know what one of the things i just remember this one of the things that happened when i was competing a lot of times people i would get criticized uh because i wanted to win i wanted canadians to show up at the international on the international scene and work. First of all, you got to put the work in. So you got to work hard, right? And then you go in the international scene and you win. And I love exactly what I'm seeing right now from women's soccer, swimming, uh, Damien uh, on, uh, uh, for the decathlon, the, 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 the fellas sprinting, like, like women wrestling, box. I don't care. I mean, it's, it is so amazing to kind of watch the country, uh, you know, blossom. And, uh, and and amazing things are happening. Okay, so how far have you seen that attitude come, Donovan? Because I can the, the first Olympics I can really really remember is like 1984, which we did well in because of the the boycott. But a lot of times when it was a, like a fully participated in Olympics with no boycotts, you know, we might have like an eighth or a twelfth, and we'd say, "Well, that was pretty right. good." And as a kid, <laughs> I'd always think like, "Yeah, but these other countries are getting." all these medals and i mean you went in there with that attitude in in 96 like how far have we come in with is it swagger is that where we've grown what is it well you know what i think that um you know in canada i think that maybe you need one or two people that's gonna have darts thrown at them by actually being like how i did uh and then and then it comes full circle i mean i it's not just swagger i think that we all know canada's always been a place that have hard workers but i i know that there, there are athletes here that were so focused on making some sort of standard, some national standard at some trials that they forgot that when they got to the higher level, that, that that's where the goal should be. The goal should be working through our national championships and through our trials. And then when you get to the next level, tackle those great giants that are there. So, uh, you know, we have come a long way. I love it. Uh, you know, it's something for the whole country to cheer for. We're not just cheering on finalists anymore. We're cheer uh, because we're cheering on people that actually go to these games wanting to get on the podium. And if they don't get on the podium, they're pretty disappointed. So yes, I- I'm I'm loving it. Okay, so uh, Andre de Grasse, another great Olympic performance for him. I watched the relay earlier today. I mean, he was able to push forward into third there uh, in, right. the, in the last 100 meters. Could you put into context what he's been able to accomplish now, like in two consecutive games? Well, I can't, uh, but I can tell you what I think he's feeling. Um, the great thing about Andre is that he never, ever falters uh, when the big light's shining on him. And and so since since he came on the scene in 2015, he has been nothing but consistent. 
And so, you know, uh, one, not only is he was, he's a good kid. I mean, I'm saying he's a kid because I'm, you know, my, my oldest child is the same age as him. Um, but, uh, you know, he's, 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 he's just phenomenal. And, and the great thing about, uh, you know, before Andre was just talent. Uh, but what he's done this year, you know, he is running a business and the business is a brand and the business is um, understanding that he needs to be at his very best when the big light's shining and also be at his very best at the Olympic Games or, or you know, or focus on those, you know, one or two weeks every season where he needs to be at his very best. And, and yeah, he's an incredible kid. Um, you know, I, I got, uh, you know, this just all the respect for him. You know, when he's all said and done, Andre's easily going to be the most decorated um, decorated uh, 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 sprinter in, in this country's history. Uh, and, and, and so it's amazing. I mean, I just, first of all, I just wanted to be, you know, a, a champion and I wanted to be a world record holder. I mean, those are the things that I wanted to be. And I'm very certain that these are goals that he has. Okay. So how do you compare his running style to yours are there comparisons are they like i know it's, it's it's a sprint and it's over pretty quickly but i'm curious about technique approach power agility all those types of things well well you know what you know how we can compare it actually uh we can compare it exactly to the race that he ran in the 100 meters my uh, you know i'm i'm just under six foot two when i competed i was 210 pounds uh you know so i'm a big strong powerful human being Andre was more like Frankie. So Andre is probably, I want to say Andre might be 150 pounds. I'm not sure. He might be 150 pounds, uh, five foot eight, five foot nine uh, at the most. And, uh, you know, so he's just someone who's just very fast. So his running style reminds me a lot of, of Frankie Fredericks. You know, so, you know, so, so yeah, the comparison is, there really isn't. Uh, there really isn't one. Uh, but if you're looking at someone that Andre is competing against today, um, um, you know, Mark uh, uh, Jacobs, the, the 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 number one sprinter in the world today. Uh, my running style is very much like him, and I'm built very much like him. I want to ask you about the relay because it's kind of a curious sport, Donovan. Like when they invented the relay, was it like, okay, let's get all these really fast human beings, and we'll give them a stick, and right. they they gotta pass it without slowing down. Well, what happens right. if they drop it? They'll go to the race. They can't. Like it's it's such an and I, and I like I watched today and I watched you guys win in '96 on YouTube early in the week to go back and recap, and right. it's so precise. And Don Whitman calling the race. He just they, when they did the last pass to you it was like clean exchange. They, exactly. they got it. Like it's it's so technical and it's so devastating if something goes wrong. Well, uh, well, first of all, you have to be one with the baton. Understand that. And so remember, you're going at full speed out of the blocks. If the first leg is going full speed out of the blocks, and he has to accelerate into the second runner, who was Glenroy. Glenroy then has to put his hand out, big target, and, and, and Robert or Carlton had to put gently place the baton in his hand, and Glenroy has to protect that baton, heading off to Bruni and then Bruni to me. So you have to do all of this at highest velocity, with probably six or seven different languages saying stick at each turn. Yeah, so it is not easy. It's not for the faint of heart. Uh, you know, the relay is, the relay, at just like the 100 meters, is probably the simplest 
but most technical thing, most technical event uh, in track and field. I think it was Japan today didn't make it past the, the Absolutely. Exchange, so and they're just, usually very good. Yeah. So how often would a, does a relay team practice? Would you try to do it like every day or right before you're going to go, like do all the baton stuff? Well, I, you know what? I think that on the Canadian side, um, you know, you've got you've got Aaron and Andre who are who are, who are professional track and field athletes. These guys are you know right. making professional wages, and then you have the other guys who are who are also uh, nipping at the bud, trying to make it also. So I think that Glenroy has them practicing frequently because a big part of a lot of these athletes keeping their name uh, on top is that uh, they have. Uh, you know, they, they have the opportunity to go and compete on, on the international stage as a relay quartet. So I think that uh, Glenroy definitely has them. Uh, Glenroy, that's how Glenroy made it there. Glenroy didn't make it on individual efforts. Glenroy is a gold medalist based upon, you know, what we did in the relay. Uh, so he definitely sees himself and a couple of these other kids. And so he has them practicing, I'm sure, as often as possible. I, before I let you go, I want to ask you about Damian Warner. I, I mean, what a performance. And, wow. and again, referencing back to when I started watching the Olympics, it, it, it was like, if you win the decathlon, you're the best athlete in the world. So, I mean, I think as Canadians, we got to say that. We got the best athlete in the world. One of the best performances in that event ever. Well, absolutely. well listen, uh, I, I want everyone to understand this. Um, Damian Warner is the best athlete in the world today. He is. Uh, essentially, if, if anyone doesn't understand what a decathlon is, it, it is, is really, how much is it? Is it 14 events? I think it's 12 or 14 events. I don't even know. Yeah, I'm it, just I tired. It's 10. I think it's 10. Just, it's a lot. Whatever, a lot. whatever <laughs> it is, I'm tired talking about it. And so these guys, uh, so Damien is the very best athlete in the world. Jumper, sprinter, um, hurdler, um, you know, pole vaulter, shot putter. Uh, and also, he runs the 1500 meters. I mean, the, what he's put his body to, what he's put his bod, body through, is astounding. And Damon Warren, and, and we have so not only do we have one of the fastest guys in the world in Andre de Grasse, but we have by far the best athlete in the world because Damon Warner not only won the Olympic gold medal, but he broke the Olympic record. So, so he's done something that no other athlete that competed in, in the Olympics ever, has ever done before. So, again, man, I love the fact that the Canadian flag is flying uh, and these athletes show up to events and they're not, they're not even thinking about participating. They want to get out there and win. And, and, and also, let's not, let's not, um, let's not forget, uh, you know, Pierce Lepage, who came fourth or fifth. I mean, this guy is his first Olympics. And he's young, and he's big, and he's strong. So not only do we have the greatest athlete today, we have another guy who could very well be the next great one. Donovan, it's always a pleasure to have you on the show. Whenever we talk about great Canadian moments, whenever I get into that with the listeners, uh, you and your teammates in Atlanta in 96, always uh, right up there near the top of the list. So people still fondly remember that. And now we enjoy watching your analysis as well. Thanks for hopping on the show tonight. Well, thank you, man. Have yourself a great day. That is Donovan Bailey, one of the all-time greats in our country, and talking about some of the current greats who have made headlines for Canada at the Olympics. Love having Donovan on the show.
while we were talking, the Edmonton Elks put out a release. Dave Campbell sums it up on Twitter, and Dave's going to join us at 7.05. He says the Elks and Red Blacks game is a go tomorrow. The Elks confirmed two players, including linebacker Brian Walker, are in COVID protocols. The identity of the second player isn't known. The team says there's no concern about any transmission beyond the two players. Uh, I believe we have a phone call about Darnell Nurse on the open line when we get back to Inside Sports. Line is seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. We have Rocket standing by. Go ahead, Rocket. Hey, Reed. How are you? Good. I am uh, really curious. I find most contracts uh, curious, but the Darnell Nurse one I find uh, exceptional. And there were a lot of wonderful conversations in the media going on about uh, you know the contract that he just signed, and then some people were going back in history, um, you know, because Darnell went bridge bridge. Correct. Correct. So, um, the second bridge deal, what, like, obviously the Oilers, they signed, you know, Dreisaitl, McDavid right away. Nurse, they didn't do that. They waited because, and and most of the media, I find this fascinating, they were talking about, um, you know, that that the, the, the management didn't quite believe in him just yet. And Darnell is like, okay, I'll sign another Bridgedale and I'll, and I'll prove you wrong. And now he's getting paid. So regardless of how it – I'm curious about your thoughts about that, like what Darnell Nurse could have signed for. Had he not signed the second bridge and they did like a seven, eight-year deal, what do you think that would be at? And then part two of this is moving well, it probably forward. would have been around the, the five and a half that he wound up signing on the shorter deal if that was his yeah. value. Like five point five point six or seven or whatever it is now, right? Yeah. So, what do you think they do moving forward with Evan Bouchard? Do they does the organization go look? We believe in you, and let's sign you to a long term deal right now to avoid, you know, maybe the Darnell no. situation. No. Well, I mean, they can't right now anyway. They couldn't extend him until next summer. Yeah, I, I would think. So I mean. Yeah, I would think they'll wait with him because by the time he's going to be a restricted free agent, uh, Clefbaum's contract will be over in whatever form it's in, and Keith's contract will be over. So even if Clefbaum's on long-term injured reserve, it, it's you're going to open up some money whenever Keith is gone. That's I mean, I think they just wait with him, Rocket. So you think they just bridge him like for a couple of years and wait till he kind of proves himself and then? Oh, you mean how long a deal he would get? Yeah, like how long? Like would they sign him to a long-term deal like Drysaddle now? Because that contract looks fabulous. Yeah, I. We got to see. We got to see what he does, Rocket. We got to see what he does. Yeah. Okay, so you don't think there's that belief in him? Like, hey, you're going to be good. We know it. Uh, I think they think that he's going to be pretty good. I think they think he's going to be a power play guy. I don't know if he's going to be a huge shutdown banger type of guy. I think he's might be more of a specialist like Barry. All right, yeah, I, we got to go to break. Uh, thanks for calling Rocket. Dave Campbell's up next. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins, weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad.